0: This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Let the frenzy begin. It is Scoop Podcast episode 133. Much like last week, we will make this a two-podcast week. We will make this episode Vikings-centric. The Vikings have been active. We're taping this podcast, by the way, on Monday afternoon, the 12th of March. The Vikings have already been active As of the legal tampering period, beginning at 11 a.m. Central, they've been on the phone with, well, not only Kirk Cousins' agent, but Case Keenum's agent, Sam Bradford's agent, Teddy Bridgewater's agent, and other agents. We'll have an update on Nick Easton's future with the Vikings, who are some of the unrestricted free agents the Vikings have interest in bringing back, and who are some that they have no interest in bringing back. We will get to all of that, plus a conversation with the first player the Vikings had a formal interview with in Indianapolis at the Combine from Chanhassen High School, former Arkansas All-SEC performer Frank Ragnow. But we begin with another player the Vikings at least had an informal interview with at the Combine in Indianapolis. He is from Maple Grove. He is the all-time leading receiver in South Dakota State history from Maple Grove High School, Jake Winnicky. So what we'll do here is we'll talk to Jake then in between Jake and frank i'll have all sorts of news notes and so on when it comes to nick easton case keenum michael floyd a draft prospect the vikings are working on getting in for a visit in april and much much more but let's start with jake Winnicky in just a second but first let me give some love to one of the sponsors of the scoop podcast they can make an ugly guy like me look presentable it is Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear company. They have an unbelievable deal going on right now. They have a showroom at the Mall of America, or you can go to their website, Indochino.com. I N D O I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, C H I N O. Indochino.com. Or again, they have a showroom at the Mall of America. You can get any premium Indochino suit for only $379. At checkout, whether at the showroom or online, you use the promo code SCOOP. There will be a section online where you can enter in a code. It is SCOOP. That is 50% off the regular price of a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, again, for the website. It's an incredible deal for a suit suit. ...that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. You pick out your fabric, you choose your customizations, you submit your measurements... ...you wait for your custom suit to arrive in just a few weeks. Google their line, Indochino, you'll see all sorts of fabulous reviews. Indochino is highly thought of when it comes to suits. Trust me, guys, you need some sort of going-out suit. Maybe you have a job interview coming up. Maybe you have a special occasion. Wedding season is fast approaching... Whatever the reason might be, you can always use a new suit, or maybe you need your first suit. Maybe you don't even own a suit. Why not get a high-quality suit from Indochino? Be sure to check out their website for all sorts of other information. If you're curious, just check it out. It is Indochino.com. All right, let's get to Jake Winnicky. Jake, thanks so much for your time. We are talking here on, what, Monday, the 12th of March. So we're about, what is it, 8, 9, 10 days removed from the combine, 18 days out from your pro day do you have a chance right now physically mentally to catch your breath or does the grind just never stop
1: (laughs) uh yeah it never really stops right after the the combine i came back down here to. i'm training in dallas uh at michael johnson performance so i came back down here and pretty much got right back to work Uh, getting ready for my pro day now on march 30th i
0: mean how crazy I mean, not only the last few weeks, but even going back to the end of your college season, you guys made it all the way to the semifinals. I mean, it has been an incredible whirlwind, hasn't it, for just about the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten months.
1: Definitely. I mean, I was just talking with uh, with my roommates from college and were talking about how that all happened so fast. I mean, started off in the season in December with maybe like 16th of the last game. All of a sudden I go home real quick for Christmas break and then start training right after and yeah, I'm down in Texas now, and so this is all happening, hopefully.
0: I mean, have you had a chance at all anywhere along the way to reflect on the journey, how you've gotten to this point, that you're on the doorstep of, of accomplishing your dream?
1: Definitely. I've had a lot of friends, my um, family reaching out, just texting me, praying for me, um, encouraging me, motivating me, and I've had this a lot of times since I've been down here and training just to kind of think about the journey, to think about everything that I've gone through and just appreciate all the people that I've um, had to help me along
0: the way. I mean, what stands out, I guess, both positively and negatively about
1: the journey? Um, uh, I mean, just just the people that uh, I've been surrounded by um, all the way. All the way from my parents growing up, friends, family growing up, to my teammates, roommates, and now the people I'm training with. I mean, it's just been uh, so much fun and just a blessing to, to go through.
0: How did the combine go in your mind?
1: Um, I didn't do as well as I wanted to, um... Just physically on on the field, I guess, but uh, it was an awesome experience. The dream come true, just to, to finally be there. I've been dreaming about that since I was a little kid. So just having the opportunity to go there, meet with a lot of uh, NFL coaches, and and just be experienced. The combine and everything was was so much fun. It was pretty pretty surreal uh, being there.
0: Specifically, Jake, when you say you didn't perform like you wanted to on the field, what specifically do you need to improve upon for for your pro day here in a couple
1: of weeks? I'm see a little bit of everything. On all the testing, on the field testing, um, I'm probably going to pretty much do everything again at the Combine. Um, so I'm just looking forward to having another – or at the Pro Day. So I'm have another opportunity. I'm looking forward to it.
0: I mean, are we talking 40 time? I mean, is yeah, your 40, 40 time something you uh, want to improve upon?
1: Yeah, I'll say 40 specifically. But, I mean, a little bit of everything, too. The, the jumps and the, the agility drills and everything that uh, I get another, another chance at. So it's going to be fun.
0: What was your forty time in Indianapolis?
1: Uh, four six,
0: which doesn't sound ridiculous, right? I mean, you're a bigger type receiver. I don't have your measurables in front of me, but it's not like it's not like you're, you know, five ten, five eleven. This this speed burner, right? So, I mean, I don't know what what the NFL teams are expecting of you when it comes to your forty time.
1: Definitely, and I'm, and I'm not sure either. But I think just even, just for myself, um, I'm not gonna do better, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having another
0: chance. Have you run it faster?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, at school and, and different times, um, I have. So I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to another opportunity.
0: What specifically, Jake? Are your measurables? I mean, are you about six three? Even bigger than that?
1: Uh, yeah, six
0: four. Right, six four, and what two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds?
1: Yeah, it was one. I think I was 6'4", 221 at the combine, is what my uh, height and weight was.
0: So again, I don't, I don't know too many six four, two twenty guys that run a. A four three five, I guess, is my point.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think I agree with you there. But uh, you yeah.
0: what was the experience like? You said you were able to interact with with some coaches. What was that experience
1: like? It was pretty cool. A lot of a lot of great, a lot of great guys, a lot of great coaches. i um, just getting to, to talk with them, talk some X know, get to get to know them, them get to know me a little bit more, um, and kind of just uh, feel each other out and just kind of um, see if hopefully we could work with each other this
0: Sunday. I mean, is there is there specific questions they, they hit you with, or is it just a feeling-out process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they, they do a lot of kind of getting to know you, your background, um, family and everything, but then they also want to see how you know the game, if you uh, can draw understand your own offense and if you could be able to pick up on their offense quickly. So they put you through um, some different questions to kind of get a feel for that.
0: What kind of offense did you play in at South Dakota State?
1: I would say it's pretty balanced. Um, I think my last couple years, I've still a really good passing game, a great quarterback, and a lot of weapons. So we probably passed more than we ran, ran a lot of RPOs. Uh, but I'll say we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty balanced.
0: And then from a route tree standpoint, did you run a lot of different routes?
1: Yeah, definitely. Pretty much ran a, a full route tree.
0: So, I mean, there's not a whole lot that they could have tossed your way that would have thrown you
1: for a loop. Is that safe to say? Definitely. I think our, our offense definitely prepared me. Um, just for that kind of i played in the east west game and we we ran we had a, a close from the Seahawks and we we installed pretty much the seahawks offense and i was able to pick up on it pretty quick because it was honestly pretty similar to ours that we ran in college so it was pretty pretty cool just to, to kind of see all the similarities some some routes and formations were actually identical um, so it was pretty cool to, to see that
0: did I hear right Jake that you had an interaction with with the vikings wide receivers coach
1: i did. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty cool to to get to talk with him. He's actually the first uh, coach I talked to at the combine.
0: I mean, so that had to be. I mean, presumably the Vikings were the team that you rooted for growing up.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, was I'm trying to think. I mean, Randy Moss. I mean, six four. Randy Moss was Randy Moss, the guy that that you grew up loving.
1: Yes, sir. Favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, he was he was at the the pinnacle of of his Viking stardom when. When you were just a kid, and yeah, I mean, the fact that he's 6'4", you're 6'4", you know, it, it makes sense. I mean, I guess he would be the rare breed. I mean, this is why he was a first-round pick, a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He was the rare 6'4 guy who can run a 4-3, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he was,
1: he was a free. So, so much fun to watch.
0: Do you think you would be a fit with the Vikings?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Why? I mean, I just I think I could bring a lot to the table. I mean, I'm obviously very familiar with them just because I've – uh, seen them, watched them play so many times, and I think I just compliment a lot of the, the other receivers, a lot of the other weapons they have on offense.
0: If you had to write a scouting report on your game, let's say you were a scout with the Vikings or a scout with the Seahawks or the Falcons, you name the team, what would that scouting report say about your game?
1: I'll say he's um, someone that just every every play competes. You're gonna have to, to battle with them every play. Um, Someone who loves the game, he's a very smart receiver. Always um, going to be up for a battle, and and just someone who can make plays and catch big passes, contested catches, um, and just just bring it every every play.
0: And Jake, you also played in the in the Shrine game. What was that experience like?
1: That was that was pretty special. I mean, it was just a cool a cool week. Got to go, got to go to the Shrine Hospital on uh, on the Sunday on the first day that everyone got there uh, to work with. Uh, different kids in, in the hospital, play with them, hang out with them. And then, I mean, the rest of the week, it was almost like fall camp with NFL scouts there. So, I mean, we, would, we would installed the, the offense. We had NFL coaches coaching our team, which was awesome. And uh, kind of installed the offense, learned the offense. And then um, every day I had practice and, and meet, met with a lot of scouts uh, throughout the whole week. And then got to playing the game on Saturday and played with a bunch of different great players and, and competing against them so it was a
0: lot of fun jake when did the nfl first come onto your radar i mean was it all the way back to maple grove when you're at maple grove high school thinking yeah there's there's a chance i can make it to the nfl or was it more so at at south dakota state
1: um yeah i mean my whole life it was my dream and then i, mean, I played like kind of like a lot of kids i think growing up played running back and then in ninth grade i started playing receiver and i pretty good at this maybe maybe I really could go to the NFL and then I just kind of ever since then kind of trying to make it a reality um I'm just I'm still still working for that every day just trying to make that dream become true
0: I mean I suppose too I mean even going to South Dakota state I mean there are so many FCS guys, right? I mean, even your tight end, right? I mean, your tight end oh, is yeah. going to go high in the draft. You think about the receiver that you know, the receiver that went to the Rams. Last year's name is escaping my mind, but the. Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup, who went to the Rams. I mean, you think about Carson Wentz, the number two overall pick a couple of years ago. I mean, it really doesn't matter what level you play at, the scouts will find you.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I think it's cool to see there's so many FCS guys and even guys from our conferences um, going to the NFL and then uh so having success at that level. So I mean it's definitely gives us confidence and uh it's fun to watch those guys.
0: Even with the confidence, do you have a chip on your shoulder? Would you say?
1: Um yeah, I mean I think definitely I think every every person does coming from a smaller school, you are definitely just under the radar a little bit. Um not getting too much tested from other people so you come every day kinda of with a chip on your shoulder knowing that you gotta prove yourself uh every single place. Every single rep, every single workout, everything you do on and off the field, uh, you got to you got to make it count.
0: Going back to Maple Grove, can you take us through how close you came to getting an offer from the Gophers and why ultimately they never did make that offer? Were you hurt your junior year at Maple Grove?
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't play long until like three games, I think, my junior year. Then I had a good senior year. I um, had some coaches that played for the Gophers in college and um, – they were kinda talk to the gophers about for me and kinda try to help me out with the process. So I was hoping there there might be a chance I could go there. Obviously that was a dream of mine growing up, go to stay in Minnesota. Um but they offered me a pro walk on and then I uh, ended up getting off tips off to the state and I I'm so blessed to have that opportunity and uh just kind of somewhat in love with you every year that I was there.
0: Did you come close at all to taking the preferred walk-on opportunity, or were you all about once South Dakota State made that offer? That offer was too good to pass up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to do before I got the the offer. But once, yeah, once I got the offer, I was like, it's a, a no brainer. I gotta, gotta take that.
0: Is there any part of you? Do you have it in you that says, "I told you so"? To so that coaching staff, would it have been who Jerry Kill, Matt Limegrover, and those guys saying, "See, you should have offered me."
1: I don't know. I mean, I was, I was looking forward to uh, playing against them. We were supposed to play against them my sophomore year. But, oh, that's right, yeah. Um, and ended up taking it off the schedule. But I was looking forward to that. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, but no, I don't I was against them. I don't know.
0: I mean, I suppose things happen for a reason, right? Like, if you don't end up at South Dakota State, maybe you don't end up on a path to the NFL.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a game of opportunity and, and I had a great opportunity at South Dakota State, so I'm just I'm just so blessed and grateful to uh, have been able to go there.
0: Did you redshirt your freshman year at South Dakota State? Yes. How beneficial was that?
1: Oh, I needed it just to just to grow up. Obviously, I think physically, um, just another year always helps. But I think just mentally is a biggest thing. Just kind of just maturing and just growing up and just kind of understanding that this is uh, some grown men you're going to go against um, at the college level. So uh, just kind of just preparing me another year uh, helped me tremendously.
0: Tell us a little bit more about who you're training with. You said you're training down in the Dallas area. What the next couple of weeks will look like heading into March 30th, your pro day.
1: Yeah, so I'll be down here um, in McKinney right outside of Dallas, um, training for the next two weeks at Michael Johnson Performance. And uh, then I'll, in a couple of weeks, then I'll go up. To uh, stop Dakota a week early, kind of get repairs, kind of run some routes, uh, get ready to go uh, for the pro day.
0: And what specifically are you working on down in in the Dallas area? I mean, take us through. You know, heck, we're talking to you here on on Monday, March twelfth. What was what was your Monday, March twelfth day look like? I mean, you know, was it up at six seven a.m. and you're in the gym for for the next handful of hours?
1: Uh, it, was, it was about uh, nine o'clock, and you start. I did a lot of speed work today, uh, working on the 40s, did some start and some, some technique with that, and then had a lower body lift um, right after that, and then pretty much in the afternoon, off kind of recover, get off your feet, do some, do some treatment, Um and then the next day, Tuesday, we're going to do, I think, more some like uh 10 5 L-drill, position work, and um upper body lifts. And Wednesday is kind of like a recovery day. we do some Pilates recovery treatment. And then Thursday is more speed and lower body. And then Friday is some of that more uh, position work uh, and upper body.
0: Do you have plans yet for, for draft weekend? Will you be back here in the uh, in the Twin Cities?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll be back home. I um, That's the time with my family.
0: And just wait for the phone to ring, I suppose, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yes, sir. I mean, heck, I mean that's that's got to be, you know, I mean, you think about that. I mean, we're not that far away from that, Jake. I mean, we're we're what six weeks away from that? Whether it's you know that Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, inevitably your phone is going to ring at some point, and some team is going to say, "Jake, welcome, welcome to our organization." I mean, can you picture what that moment will be like?
1: Um, no, I mean, I haven't I haven't thought about that too much right now. I I'm, I'm I'm really focused just on the. The pro day and kind of just focus on the task at hand. But I mean, when that comes, I know it's going to be a special moment and uh, something that you kind of just you dream about. And uh, knowing that that's going to happen is a, a pretty special feeling.
0: I'll leave you after this. Is there is there one or two receivers in the NFL that you look at and say, okay, my game is is comparable to the way they play?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I really like AJ Green. <laughs> uh, I think we have similar bodies types and, and do a lot of similar things and then also larry fitzgerald i mean minnesota guy too and mm-hmm. great hands Uh great guy comes and just works and battles and competes every day and and it does the right thing on and off the field uh so i'm a big, big fan of those two guys
0: were the Bengals or the cardinals any of the teams that that talked to you in india or, or talked you down at the shrine game oh uh, a little bit nice okay well so there's there's always a chance although I'm sure your agent has prepped you on this. I mean, there's all sorts of smoke screens, right? I mean, there are teams that probably like you, that purposely don't want to have any interaction with you, so then the word gets out, so then they don't want their cover blown, right? So, I mean, there's probably some team that that you haven't even talked to that really, really likes you.
1: Yeah, I'll so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jake, we'll certainly be in touch. There's a lot of people here in the Twin Cities, certainly in the West Metro, specifically Maple Grove rooting hard for you and – we wish you nothing but the best.
1: Man, thank you. It means a lot. Appreciate it.
0: The pride of Maple Grove High School, the all-time leading receiver in South Dakota State history. He is Jake Winnicky. We wish him nothing but the best heading into his pro day on March 30th. Crossing our fingers that he gets drafted. If he doesn't, he certainly will be a priority undrafted free agent. He has a chance to definitely stick in the NFL for some time. I'll get to notes in just a second and I will play back my conversation I had late last week with Frank Ragnow who 100% will get drafted. Who knows, maybe as high as the late first round, certainly on Friday with the second and third rounds of the NFL draft. But briefly, some love for Skull Marketing, one of the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast. Online, skullmarketing.com. If you're a small business owner, they can help you grow your business. Skull Marketing is owned, it is run by two former Google employees. So they have the lowdown on how your business can pop up when people do Google searches. Let's make Google work for you. Also, they are offering a free 30-minute consultation. So again, small business owner, conventional business owner, if you need some advice, hey, if you don't need advice, why not take advantage of a free 30-minute consultation? Here is the phone number, 612-787-SKOL, 612-787-SKOL. Again, online, SkollMarketing.com. Skoll Marketing will help you. Grow your business again. Let's make Google work for you. The Vikings were active on Monday morning, certainly reaching out to more than Kirk Cousins' agent. Kirk Cousins' agent, by the way, Mike McCartney, is in Chicago right now. That is his home base. He is not in Michigan, where Kirk Cousins resides. He is doing all the work early this week from the Chicago office of Priority Sports. So the Vikings checked in with Mike McCartney, by the way. Cousins has not determined yet if he will take a visit here, if he will take a visit to the Jets, maybe Arizona, if he won't take a visit. That is to be determined over the next 24 to 36 hours. So the ESPN report on Sunday saying that Cousins isn't taking any visits is not true. That is still in the determination phase. It is entirely possible that Kirk Cousins will be in Eagan sometime Wednesday late afternoon or evening. Do not rule that out. The Vikings also checked in on Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, yes, Drew Brees, Tom Pelissero, who does fine work for, among many outlets, 1500 ESPN. The main outlet would be NFL Network. He was the first to put that on Twitter. But yes, the Vikings touched base with Tom Condon, who represents Sam Bradford, so the name Drew Brees came up as well. I'm told when the Vikings had some back and forth with Mike McCartney that Josh McCown's name came up. He also represents Josh. I'm told when the Vikings checked in on Case Keenum, Case Keenum's agent also represents Chase Daniel, who has history with the Philadelphia Eagles, knows John D. Filippo. So the Vikings. Planting a bunch of seeds. Nothing is imminent. Yes, it does look like the Kirk Cousins is the Vikings number one target, but just in case he ends up with the Jets or someone else, the Vikings need to have a backup plan in place. So they checked in on all those guys on Monday morning and afternoon. On Breeze, a couple league sources, a couple teams certainly think that he will end up re-signing in New Orleans. That okay, it's weird that the deal isn't done yet. Heck that New Orleans lets him get to this point doesn't wrap him up with a year or two left on his deal, but most people, in fact all people I've corresponded with, say look for Drew Brees to re-sign with the Saints. Those same league people, Fully expect cousins to end up with the Vikings, but we've heard all sorts of conflicting information. Adam Kaplan of ESPN says, done deal, 27 million a year. Chris Cooley says what? 31 million a year. I've seen reports about 23 million a year, 25 million a year. There are so many conflicting reports. Everybody wants to be first on cousins. Here's what we know: the Vikings have all sorts of interest in. Kirk Cousins let's see how the next couple days play out I do think we'll have some news before the week is over so the countdown is on until we know who the Vikings starting quarterback will be this upcoming season. But at this point, all I'm willing to tell you is, yes, the Vikings absolutely like Kirk Cousins. It starts with ownership. This is something I talked about last week on this podcast. It starts with ownership. The owners certainly want Kirk Cousins. There are other Cousins fans in the Egan facility now that they reside in. So, yes, the Vikings have all sorts of interest in Cousins. Whether Cousins ends up here, I'm not willing to make that prediction. If you put a gun to my head, if I had to make a prediction, yes, I do think in the end Cousins ends up with the Vikings, but a lot can change in the next 36 to 48 hours. Non-quarterback Vikings notes. I talked to Kyle Rudolph late last week. He is now out of the cast on his right foot. He had off-season ankle surgery. He told me he should be good to go by April 16th, the start of off-season workouts in Eagan. Latavius Murray has the fifth highest cap number for any running back. For 2018, the Vikings don't want him back at that number, so the Vikings are trying to get Murray to take a pay cut. It remains to be seen what he says. I don't see why he would say no, because he's not making that on the open market. The magic date there is March 16th, so that is fast approaching. But I'll continue to say, as I said last week on the Scoop podcast, I don't see Latavius Murray back at his current number. Also on the Vikings, Nick Easton tendered. At a second-round level, the Vikings love Easton. They love his position flexibility, can play guard, can play center. Yes, significant injury last year, but he's doing well. The Vikings think the world of Nick Easton, so that high tender, that second-round tender is not a surprise. All right, Jarek McKinnon. I'll go through some of the current Vikings unrestricted free agents not named Keenum, Bridgewater, or Bradford. Jarek McKinnon had upwards of 20 teams show some level of interest in him at the Combine. Among those teams, the Colts, the Titans, the 49ers, the Raiders, the Patriots, Pat Shermer, and the Giants, even the Jets, have some level of interest. There are a bunch of teams who have interest in Jarek McKinnon. I think he'll ultimately end up with more money than we think. I wonder if it's in the 5 to $6 million a year range. I would have initially guessed a little bit lower than that, but at this point with a robust market, I think Jerick McKinnon will do well. I don't see Jerick McKinnon back with the Vikings if I had to make a prediction right now. I think Marcus Sherrills will end up back with the Vikings, but they have told his camp, hang tight, we need to solve the quarterback situation First, Shamar Stefan, another guy the Vikings have interest in keeping. I can see them keeping him. But once again, like Cheryl's, they have told his camp, hey, hang tight. We need to figure out the quarterback situation. It's not a great three-technique defensive lineman market. So that being said... I can't see Tom Johnson elsewhere. The Vikings have touched base on Johnson. There is mutual interest in a return, but if I had to bet right now, I think Tom Johnson lands elsewhere. Emmanuel Lemur, linebacker, special teams guy, I see him elsewhere. Terrence Newman, I see him back, but the word is the Vikings are looking to upgrade the number three cornerback. So if Newman's back, he's more like a number four mentor type That the Vikings are in the market for a nickel cornerback, whether that's Patrick Robinson, Roby Coleman, who they had some level of interest in last year, maybe somebody else. Maybe you draft that guy. I've not heard yet on Robinson or Roby Coleman. That's me more speculating, but those are two cornerbacks available who are capable of playing in the slot. But the word is the Vikings are looking to upgrade at the number three cornerback position. Kai Forbath, I can see back, but the Vikings told his camp, hey, hang tight. Much like Cheryl's, Steffen, and so on, hang tight. We will circle back to you after we figure out the quarterback position. Like in recent years, the Vikings will host upwards of 30 draft prospects in early april end of the first week of april they will host 30 plus draft prospects they can host 30 then local guys like a jonathan celestine of the gophers or steven richardson of the gophers for example they don't count among the 30 so they may have 34 35 36 players at the Egan practice facility in early april late that first week in april i don't have the specific date but i know it's like april 6th 7th 8th i need to look at a calendar anyway but it's early April, the Vikings will bring in 30 plus draft prospects. They are working on setting up a visit with defensive lineman from Fort Hayes State. Nathan Shepard had a really good combine, so that's a name to watch. Anytime the Vikings bring in a guy, there is definite interest. There's not many smokescreens over the years with the Vikings bringing guys in for visits. Sure, the occasional smokescreen, but for the most part, when the Vikings bring in a draft prospect for a visit, they have legit interest. So remember that name, Nathan Shepard, defensive lineman, Fort Hayes State, trying to match up the schedule, seeing if it works out. But the Vikings definitely have interest in bringing in Shepard for a visit. There was a report in Sunday's Boston Globe about the Vikings meeting with Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield at the combine I am told that is inaccurate the Vikings did not have a formal interview with Baker Mayfield in Indianapolis the Vikings were not one of a handful of teams to meet with former East Ridge high school star former Alabama offensive lineman he can play center He can play guard. He started for Alabama in the national championship game, the win over Georgia, J.C. Hassenauer. He had a productive pro day last week in Tuscaloosa. Vikings general manager Rick Spielman was there, but the Vikings were not one of the teams to spend some time with J.C. afterwards. Doesn't mean the Vikings don't have interest, but they were not one of five teams to spend time with him. After his pro day, the Packers were among those teams to spend time with him, as were the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I can see the Vikings having some interest in J.C. Hassenauer, one offensive lineman from the metro that the Vikings definitely have some interest in. From Chanhassen High School, the pride of Victoria, he was a great player for the University of Arkansas. Heck, he was so good, he played as a true freshman. Not easy to play as a true freshman in the SEC. As an offensive lineman. But Frank Ragnow did that. Frank Ragnow is training here in town. Getting ready for his pro day in Fayetteville, Arkansas. On March 26th. He should go pretty high in the draft. I sat down with Frank late last week. For a candid conversation. About his year. About losing his dad. His combine bench press. The interviews at the combine. His career at Arkansas. And so much more. Here's my conversation with Frank Ragnow. Frank, have you come off the a whirlwind of, I mean, everything that entails the combine. I mean, heck, even going back to October, the injury, I mean, it's been a hectic, crazy, what, four or five months. Yeah, and uh,
2: especially last week, it was. it's quite the event. You're pretty busy the whole week and you uh, go through a lot of different steps medically, psychologically, physically, so It's good to be back in training again. Obviously, I didn't do the physical part yet, so I'm still, I don't get a chance to really relax yet. But March 26th is my pro day, and that's when I'll, after that, that's when I'll be able to relax a little bit, I guess. And everything will be okay for March 26th? Everything could have been okay this last week, but due to my injury, I've only had so many weeks to train compared to guys who had two months to train. So I'm just going to wait and do everything at the pro
0: day. Were you able to do at least some upper body work? Did you do the bench press? Yeah, I did the bench press. How'd mm-hmm. that go?
2: Not the number. I, I got 26 reps, not the number I wanted. but Pretty I mean, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: not, what, not what I
2: wanted, but I'm going to do it again. I'm a pro day.
0: What's the goal then? 30, 31? Uh, 30, around 35, yeah. 35? Yeah. I mean, 35 would be right up there with any offensive line. Yeah, that's right? where
2: I've been, so I don't
0: know what happened there. But that's a whole other story. I mean, is that just one of those deals where you've got all these people – with their eyeballs on you. That is an atypical situation. I mean, if you do 35 just with your trainer mm-hmm. in the privacy of, of that setting, and then you think about that setting in Indianapolis. It is just, it is so out of the ordinary.
2: Yeah, it's a little different. Um, and then combine that with the whole week leading up to it, not much rest you get. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but it's a different event. What sort of feedback did you get when you, when you met with teams? Great. Um, There's official and unofficial visits and uh, I had quite a few official visits and you know every time you get nervous obviously because you're interviewing for the job of your life but every time walking out of the rooms I felt pretty good about them. What sort of questions do they toss your way? Just a lot of football talk. uh, A lot of football talk trying to figure out your family, your upbringing, um, some adversity you've handled and just trying
0: to get a feel for who you are as a person. I mean, is it some also just in the trenches, though, blocking schemes? I mean, is it real inner football at times? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, they'll pull up tape, and you'll
2: watch tape with them, and you'll talk them through the plays, and you'll talk them through your bad plays sometimes. So it's sometimes you get exposed a little bit, and you have to explain yourself, but it was good. Did you have any
0: bad plays? You didn't allow a sack. <laughs> I mean, even looking at the pro football focus numbers in terms of, of pressures, you know, even allowing a hit on the quarterback, I mean, minimal. I mean, seriously, did you have any bad plays? I, I had bad plays.
2: Uh, I was fortunate not, not to give a sack, but I still had some plays where I'd like to get back for sure.
0: How do you go an entire collegiate career without allowing a sack? I think
2: it's just a little bit of luck, and then a lot of it, just your preparation and taking pride in your consistency and taking it one play at a time. You can't really get ahead of yourself, can't really
0: focus on the pass and just really one play at a time mentality. I mean... Also, you're playing in the conference in college football. With all due respect to the Big Ten, we're in Big Ten country, but I don't think anybody's going to argue the SEC is one. The Big Ten has good teams, don't get me wrong. The Big Ten produces NFL players, don't get me wrong, right? The ACC, the Big 12. But you think about the SEC. The best, the best. Alabama. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You're not allowing a sack against the SEC competition. That's off the charts.
2: Yeah, it's... uh one of the reasons I went down there is obviously to compete against the best of the best, and I'm fortunate enough I was able to play in some pretty cool venues for some pretty cool teams, and I'm lucky it all turned out how it did.
0: How did you see the field as a true freshman? That is so hard for an offensive lineman. How did you do it? I had that mindset that I had to, and I think that
2: was part of it. And I, Every day I got on campus June like 5th, and I met with my coach at 6 a.m. every day and just kind of did all the extra stuff, and really I gained 20 pounds that summer and just really made that that there was no other option that I wanted
0: to be out there. Is there any I told you so in you? I mean, you saw it on social media. There were a lot of Gophers fans in particular oh, yeah. that were like, why did you say no to the hometown school? Is there some of you that says, hey, look, it worked out okay? I mean, more than okay, right? Yeah.
2: Well, it's not really I told you so because I, I love Minnesota, and uh, it was a very hard decision just leaving the state in general, especially with Coach Kill at the time. But we came down to it talking to my parents. Is you got to think of what's best for you. This is, I mean, kids are going to college all over, and it's the same thing for prospects. You're making a college decision. Obviously, you'd loved your best decision to be closest to home. But at that point, it wasn't for me. And
0: you think about Coach Bielema's track record, his staff's track record of producing NFL offensive linemen. I mean, that had to go into your line of thinking. Oh yeah, it's off the charts. I mean, he's. You can—he's produced literally
2: guys who are going to be hall of fame in every position on the offensive line. You go from Joe Thomas, Zeitler, Travis Frederick, and you know, the list goes on. So it's hard to say no to that. I mean, he knows what he's doing, and then you to combine that with just how personable and how great he was as a coach and just a mentor. It's—it was hard to say no. Did you play any center
0: at Chanhassen High School? I mean, no. you were always tackle, right? Yeah, because was, of your size, your girth.
2: Uh-huh, I was left tackle. When
0: did you make the transition to center?
2: actually Arkansas was the only school that it was like a week or two before signing day they brought it up and they said oh we think watching you hide your film we think you can be a great center and the other, every other school was left tackle so I'd kind of it kind of weighed on me for a while but then I made it hey let's give it a shot and then when I got there I just started
0: snapping and getting after it and now I mean you can play any position on the offensive line is that safe to say I mean I don't think an NFL team is taking you in the first or second round To play left tackle or right tackle, maybe I'm wrong on that. But really, I mean, in a pinch, you think about an offensive lineman or two goes down in a game, you could slide over to left tackle or right tackle, couldn't you? And then we know you can play guard and center. Mm -hmm. I think that helps me. Uh,
2: One thing I took a lot of pride in college is learning conceptually, not just learning what you do as your position, because I played a lot of center and guard, but I know what they're doing. And I think athletically I could handle all five positions. What is your best position? Is it center? I don't know. Uh, I mean, in terms of like, I like, I just like being out there. And there's really not much difference from position to position. Center, you're snapping the ball. Center, you're more in charge. But offensive line and a whole, you're just kind of getting after, and that's the part I love about it. And then what about guard? Did you play mostly right guard? I played right guard, played left guard. I played mostly right guard, but I played left guard as well. And uh, I love guard. I love
0: pulling, so it's fun. I mean, is there is there a certain blocking scheme that you fit better in? Like when you look at some of the NFL teams that you interviewed with, are there certain blocking schemes that those NFL teams run that you know you fit better in than others?
2: Well, fortunately, with the pro-style offense I was in in college, we ran we ran it all. A lot of the times I was walking in those rooms and I was talking ball, and it's the same terminology and it's the same schemes, whether it's zone, gap, pin and pull, we kind of ran it all. So... Fortunately enough, I think
0: I could play in all all the schemes, so that's a big advantage for me, I feel like. Coming back for your senior year, how beneficial was it? Because I think you're on record, right? I mean, you thought about going pro after your junior year, but you came back to school. How beneficial was that?
2: It was just like from a maturity standpoint, I uh I was really weighing on it. It was it was a very close decision. Uh it took a few days to it really weighed hard on me, but it came down to I wasn't ready emotionally and just maturity-wise. I mean, the NFL is a grown man's job, and you have to be ready for that. So just coming back and then deciding to take that senior year as a professional. I had one class in the fall, so I could really just focus on football and take that professional mindset and then just getting stronger and better as a player, it really benefited me. And then all of a sudden, the ankle injury, right, in October? That was tough. That was uh, – I felt – I mean, per as a team we weren't playing the greatest but me as personally I felt like I was playing the best ball in my life and uh that was another little setback but hey we're good now I mean what were you thinking though at the time were you thinking oh no I think it, it'd be hard for me to say I didn't have like oh what if I would have left or oh no but I mean you only get so much time to really feel bad for yourself I'm unfortunately I've been through a little worse adversity in my life so it's just, I, I was like, oh, it happened, now let's make the best of it. On that worst adversity, how, how often do you think of your dad? Every day, uh, everything I do, especially with uh, this whole process. It was kind of supposed to be our process and uh, every day even with the, I mean, you see a tweet that the Vikings send out of me tweet, tweeting me my interview and my dad, I can just imagine how much he would freak out.
0: So every day I'm thinking about him. I mean, I think about even signing day, back at Chanhassen High School, you know, you have your dad on one side, your mom on the other, uh-huh. just a look on his face.
2: Yeah, he was, uh, he was my biggest fan, still is my biggest fan. You um, would get Google alerts of any article that I was written. I mean, he was living the dream with me,
0: and it's, it's tough. It's tough to swallow, but it is what it is. Your toughness, your talent, I mean, was that your dad cultivating you? Growing up? Oh, yeah. Was he with you every step of the way?
2: Yeah, he was, and he was especially hard on me. And it was it was cool how he was a parent. Was, I see it now, but I wish I would have seen it earlier. He was so hard on me growing up, and then it kind of comes full circle. And then you become best friends. And we were just getting into that, so
0: it's tough how it all happened. How much advice did he give you at Chanhassen High School? I mean, as you're developing into this great offensive lineman, mm-hmm. was he right there every step of the way giving you every piece of advice? Yeah, he was, I mean, he just like one thing he always told me is
2: don't have dreams have goals and then we just kind of always everything was a goal it was first get that first scholarship offer and then this that and we just kind of we're tackling it I mean it felt like we were doing it all together and it's a tough tough deal how's your mom doing she's hanging in there uh she's superwoman I mean she's incredible she takes care of all four of us kids and our three dogs and she's just with so much energy, and, you've I mean, people don't, she, they, it was their anniversary when he passed away. And, uh, she, I mean, she's mourning herself, but she's got to take care of kids. So I just, I can't believe how strong she is. She's incredible. And are you now back living with her during yeah. this process? Yeah, since I'm training up here, yeah. I'm, I'm just living with mom, and I'm loving every second. I mean, she, I'm sure she's just a little sick of me every once in a while. i doing <laughs> my laundry and
0: everything, but it's been great to be home back in the cold north was there any thought in in training whether it was in california or somewhere else i mean athletes first is a big agency that's your agency Uh i mean heck i'm sure they they said hey if you want to come out here there anywhere Mm -hmm. that they would set it up what went into your line of thinking in in training here in minnesota
2: Well, a lot of it was my ankle at the time i was still rehabbing in december and the actual plan was come home for christmas and then go out to california start rehabbing but there's a doctor in Eden Prairie, Doctor Joshua Sandel, who's he's inc- great, incredible, yeah. and like I can't say enough about that man. Yeah. And once I I had a few appointments just while I was home, and that was the plan. But once I saw, felt, and I was with him for a couple, I was like, I'm staying here, and uh, he's been. My ankle
0: is really far ahead of schedule, so he's been great for that. Yeah, I mean, him and I are social media friends, but I just know, I mean, he's worked with so many athletes. Mm-hmm. Different sports, too, not just football. I mean, a lot of basketball players, Mike yeah. Dunleavy Jr., mm-hmm. Paul Millsap's been in town to, to do some stuff with him. I mean, you don't develop that sort of reputation if you don't know what the heck you're doing. Exactly,
2: and I thought I'd be an idiot if I left that.
0: He's he's
2: one of the best in the country, and so I had to stay here. Jeez, that's, yeah.
0: Okay, that, then that makes sense. <laughs> so, when is the plan to go back to Fayetteville? Will you go back just March 25th, the day before Pro Day? Will you go back a week earlier to do some training down there?
2: I'll probably go back uh, like that Thursday or Friday because it's on a Monday, so like the 23rd, 24th, and get settled in, get the plan, and then fly back here
0: right after Pro Day. Will you do every drill then? I mean, take yeah. us through. I mean, I, I assume by now you have everything mapped out for March 26th.
2: I'll do it all. Um, Everything from pro agility to vertical to broad, everything, I'll do it all. I'll do the field work. Whatever
0: they really want me to do, I'll do. I mean, really, though, I mean, you think about, like, the vertical. I mean, does it matter what an offensive lineman can jump? I think the vertical
2: and the broad can give a show of explosiveness. I don't know about the 40-yard dash. I would agree. Your 10-yard <laughs> yes. split's a little more important for offensive yeah. line, but I'm excited to show off my
0: athleticism. It should be a good day. I mean, that would be the beauty. Mm-hmm. when you think about I mean, heck, basketball player, right? You threw the shot put. I mean, you did a lot growing up, Uh so you have that athleticism. So I suppose you're like, bring it on. This is what you're training for. Why not show off your athleticism?
2: Exactly. And uh, as a competitive person, you want to do the best of the best, and I think I'll be right up there with them. What was that interview like with the Vikings? (laughs) It was cool. Uh, It was my first one, so it was was cool to see all the familiar faces. Uh, Spielman had just addressed the whole combine all the attendees right before and uh, to go and to see, you Kind of, they get, you give you room numbers and then you kind of, And then I'm, oh, Minnesota, and it was cool. They all treated me really well and uh, it was fun just talking high school football, talking a little trash as well as talking the O's too. Did you ever compete against Rick's son, JD? You got a couple years on JD, but good player. I mean, he's in yeah. Nebraska now. I, I, I didn't get a chance to compete against him, but I've heard he did, had a really great freshman year.
0: But just because of that, I mean, Rick is, I mean, he's, He knows everything about high school football. So, I mean, he can talk, and, you know, he lives not far from where you live. So, especially that part of town, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I would imagine you and Rick probably had a good back and forth on on high school football.
2: They're all kind of tight ends, so it was cool talking to familiar faces.
0: I saw the video of of Nick Saban. What did that mean to you when Nick came up to you after? Was it after the last two years,
2: 2016, 2017? uh, the so my dad passed away, and then we played Alabama the next game. Okay. And uh, he came up to me after that game, and he just said, remember the good times and just cherish what you had with him and be thankful that you had those times. And it was it was pretty cool. Uh, he's obviously the biggest name in college football. And uh, for him to seek me out of the way that week and then actually he did it this past year too, is it's pretty cool.
0: It shows how special a person he is. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, he sought you out. Mm -hmm. He navigated the field. He looked for you specifically. I mean, that has to mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's funny that
2: um, me and my dad went on a visit down there, and (laughs) I remember us freaking out when we went to his office through his, like, four receptionists, and you sit there on the table. He's got all his national championship rings, his little bowl of M&Ms, and there he is, so intimidating. So it's funny how
0: it all worked out. When did the NFL become a reality for you? I mean, was it going back to Chanhassen High School and you had, heck, you're going on a visit to Alabama. Huh. You had what? Did Ohio State offer you? Yeah. Wisconsin wanted you. Yeah. The Gophers, obviously. Arkansas. I mean, you had so many offers. I mean, is that when it hit you that I can make a professional career out of this? Or was it sometime when you got to Arkansas? I think I've always had the
2: mindset that that was going to happen, but obviously it became real probably after my sophomore year at Arkansas when I had, I mean, Coach Bielema had talked to me about, hey, this is realistically, and then there's things you got to do from a professional standpoint, getting ready, so that's really when it kind of hit you. Where will you be on on draft weekend? Have you thought that far ahead? Oh, yeah, I'll be in Victoria, Minnesota with all my family. I'm not sure where we'll be, but I'll be with my family and my friends,
0: the people who got me here. Do you have a sense of whether you'll go that, First night, do you have a chance to go first round? I mean, I would think if you don't go first, you're probably going to go on Friday, the second or third round. But do you have a sense at all? It's tough to tell.
2: Um, And I'm really, I think there's a chance. There's a good chance. And then there's, you just hear so much. And then you see those mocks out there that really aren't the most accurate things. But I just try to keep my my head down and keep working and let it all take care of itself. Do you read those mocks, though? No, but... When you're at home, living at home during this process, your family definitely does, and they say some things and they get excited, but you try to just block out the noise. How hard is that, though?
0: You've got brothers, you know,
2: they pay attention to this stuff. Yeah, my little brother is the ultimate Vikings fan, so he's everything possible he's reading. So, it's. I mean, they're respectful, though, and they know that I'm going through a time unlike any other, so they know, and it's, it's hard because that's your dream, and you've seen you get mocks to certain teams certain rounds but it's it's all it's all irrelevant until the
0: actual day when it becomes all true i mean it might be a long shot right i mean the vikings have interest but so do a lot of teams you yeah. can't control where you go yeah. but if you somehow landed here in your hometown it would be ridiculous
2: i'd, <laughs> I'd freak out uh, <laughs> it'd be cool i mean i'd be able to live with my mom for a while save some money um just to be with all my community and the, my upbringing, it'd be then the team that I, you grew up tree and for. I mean, my room was purple and gold growing up, so I was a diehard fan, so it'd be a pretty cool experience. Did you say save
0: money? I mean, you're going to be a pretty high pick. Yeah,
2: yeah you got to be careful with your money. Uh, and i would be cool
0: just to stay with mom for a while yeah i mean well yes but i'm still thinking you're gonna sign a nice contract you know i mean there might be some endorsement opportunities i mean you would have the freedom not that you don't want to save up you never know right you never know not for long i assume yeah i assume they've they've told you that no matter where you go what's the average nfl career are we talking about two to three years yeah if uh
2: yeah so you got to be careful and uh don't I don't wanna be one of those guys that's known for going broke right away. I wanna be able to live office for a long time.
0: Any other interviews stand out
2: besides the Vikings? I mean they all stood out. I can't really pin I mean, they were all great. I mean I gotta meet so many cool different people that you watch on TV and you see on the NFL sidelines, so they were all pretty special. How many
0: people do you lean on for advice? I mean Heck, your, your agent, Joe Panos, used to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. So, I mean, I would think he's a great sounding board. He's an incredible asset,
2: yeah, just because he's been through the process. And he so, represents so many players, especially offensive linemen throughout the league. So he's such a good resource, and he knows what he's talking about. And he's so respected among the league. So he's been great. And then you lean on. I mean, I still talk to Coach Bielema every day, and he's been an incredible asset as well, as long as, as well as my strength coach, Coach Herb, my old offensive line coaches, Coach Anderson and Coach um, Pittman. So there's a lot of people that have been helping me out, that's for sure. Where's your old position coach now? Did he land anywhere? Not yet. Um, I think he's just waiting to find the right spot. And then Coach Bielema, I mean, he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll definitely be. I mean, TV for a year and... He'll be a head coach again. We know that. Yeah, we'll see what he does. Uh, I think he's in a good spot right now, so not
0: looking to rush anything, so I'm excited to see what he ends up doing. Was that one disappointment that that you guys didn't win more at Arkansas? So much individual success, but the team success was not maybe what you had hoped it would be?
2: Yeah, you definitely don't want to come back your senior year all excited and then win, what, four games and your coach gets fired. Not, definitely not the way you want to go out, so that's, a disappointment that really kind of weighs heavy on me being a captain. So it's tough to go out like that, but it is what it is, and you can only control so much.
0: Top offensive line prospect Frank Ragnow, the former Chan Hesson High School star. Good to hear that his ankle is doing well. He is ready to rock and roll on Arkansas's Pro Day date on March 26th. We will be back later in the week. Things will evolve Tuesday into Wednesday into Wednesday mid-afternoon. When teams can start to sign free agents and schedule visits, the Vikings are all in on solving their quarterback situation first before proceeding elsewhere. They certainly have planted seeds. They do have interest in Trey Burton, but at this point it looks like Burton will make seven to $8 million a year. That is too rich for the Vikings' blood. While they attempt to solve the quarterback situation, please support the sponsors of the Scoop Podcast, Indochino, if you're looking for a new suit and at a reasonable price $379 for top quality material and free shipping just go to indochino.com google indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o you'll see all the great reviews i'm telling you if you're in the market for a suit or maybe you should be in the market for a suit think about it maybe you need a suit you could use a suit for a special occasion coming up or a job interview or you name the situation, Indochino will take care of you. They have a showroom at Mall of America and the website is easy to navigate. Indochino.com plus Skull Marketing. marketing.com If you're a small business owner, they cater to you. If you're a business owner, they want to help you. They want to make Google work for you. So Indochino and Skull Marketing, keep the podcast going. That will do it for Scoop Podcast episode 133. I'll be back later in the week. Certainly some twins, some wolves, but some Much of my time right now is monopolized by the Vikings, by the NFL, because, hey, the Vikings run this town. The Vikings are by far the number one team in the Twin Cities, in the state of Minnesota. There's so much interest in the Vikings, so I would be foolish to not devote so much of my time, my digging time, to the Vikings figuring out what they are trying to do. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back midweek. P.S. This number can fluctuate, but as of now, the Vikings have $52 million in cap space to work with but depending on what takes place with latavius murray some other things they can tinker with tweak that number can certainly grow but as of monday afternoon the 12th of march the vikings have 52 million dollars of cap space to work with